Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the number one country smackdown podcast. This is episode 10, coming back off the heels of ladies night. We're back to just a men's night. Same old stuff here. Episode 10, I want to talk about country. And as always, I'm joined by my favoritist co-host, Mr. Andrew Baker. How are you today, sir? Only the favoritist because I'm the only one. That's true. That's true. <laughs> I don't know what would happen if you like had a, uh, a a long sickness or something, and you know we couldn't record. But you know, all 684 listeners. Well, <laughs> I, I take that back. 680 some streams at this point. But if you weren't available, what would the listeners do? I mean, I I, I guess I'd have to soldier on and make it happen. There, there you go. There you go. You've been well. Yeah, you know the uh, the end of the week is always better than the beginning in the middle. So sure, I'm in the I'm in the sweet pot right now. So it's, it's Saturday. When when do you consider the the end, and when do you consider the beginning? <laughs> uh, that's usually based on the work calendar. So yeah, for the most part, weekend is weekend. But yep. But uh, yeah. Yep. I'm not working, so I'm good. I've heard some just great positive feedback from Ladies Night. Some people uh, around here that uh, I've hung out with have have mentioned how much they enjoyed the episode. Thought it was a really good one. Word spreading. Yeah, I like it. I good. like it. We're getting close to seven hundred streams, and uh, I'm excited about that. You know, good things are happening. Still, no one has claimed the prize at the end of episode <laughs> five. I'm telling you, I will. I will fall. I'll come through if somebody wants to claim that. Like, I will make it happen. I promise. Maybe we need to. To repost the link for for the specific episode, maybe we do, and somebody will go back and listen to it just to find the the nugget at the end. Yeah, yeah. I got to say, I was a little surprised um, by Sandy at the end of the last episode in the in the uh, uh, interview. I thought she would have liked to remind me. Oh yeah, yeah. I would almost feel like most most ladies would really like remind me. Yeah. So. You know what else I was surprised about? I thought somebody would engage on our Facebook page about where they what they remember when they heard Lit from 1999. Oh, yeah. Yeah, big time. When they heard that intro riff of My Own yep. Worst Enemy that they'd be like, oh, yeah, I definitely remember where, that, where yep. I was and what it was like. It's, I was, it's like the, uh, the alternative equivalent of uh, like Jump Around by House of Pain. Like, yeah. You hear it. Everywhere you go, all the time, everybody knows it. Yeah. And it's just like, it's like your spidey senses start tingling when the song comes on. And you remember it connects you to a specific time and place. And yep. Yeah. Well, what do you, uh, I want to go first because I'm really excited. I want to tell you about <laughs> what I'm listening to. This is all about me. Uh, me. I found, th- <laughs> oh my gosh, I didn't even, <laughs> yes, nice. We're foreshadowing. Um, there you go. Um, as always, listeners, we like to talk about things that we're listening to that we don't think will ever make the radio, um, but we want you to know about them so you can check them out yourself. Maybe you'll find somebody you really enjoy. 
most of mine I found come through YouTube, where it's like if I'm listening to something, it'll say, if you like that, you'll like this. Check right, this guy right. out. So I had uh, a dude come through named Tyler Booth. Tyler Booth. And, and the song is called Long Comes a Girl. Okay. Did it come through your Facebook as well? No. Okay. Not oh. familiar. Hang on. Before I get into that, I see that you're writing this down on this list. You've shown <laughs> to me uh, a, a notepad with four full pages of song and artists. This is true. And tell the listeners what it is, in fact, that you're working on. We've we've alluded to it a little bit, right, but right. now that I see it. It's yeah. Uh, at some point, uh, midstream with this little podcast project, we decided, hey, it might be fun to, to put together a playlist on Spotify or, you know, whatever playlist hosting site uh, of all the songs that we've talked about on Country Smackdown and not just the songs that we've had participate in the SmackDown competitions, but literally all of the songs that we've talked that about. That we've referenced, yeah. Uh, so I've been uh, the last couple weeks going back through and listening to the, the old episodes and creating a list of all of the songs that have been mentioned in uh, you know comparisons and that we've used as reference points for comparisons and this thing reminds me of that and the what I'm listening to this week and all of that stuff. There you and go. I know you had asked a couple episodes ago about to the listeners about if they wanted to hear just the ones that we've covered in the SmackDowns or if they wanted them all. And uh, I'm assuming, well, we typically don't hear anything back. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> so you made the executive decision to do them all. Yeah, That's well, what I, I mean, think is I, mean best. I, I still, you know, like the the. Uh, the option is there to separate, you know, the the yeah. master list into like the competition songs and then and then like the B sides, you know. But um, yeah, no, I, I mean, I stand by your decision. I, mean, I think you, it was the right thing to do. You can hit skip if you don't like it, you know. You so why not just put them all in one list? There you go. Now you've done something I have not done. I have not gone back and listened to all the episodes. Well, I take I've listened to each one, but I haven't like gone back and like re-listened. Through uh-huh. the progression of episodes, how have we evolved over ten episodes? Um, you know, it, it's one of those things where it's like everybody hates the sound of their own voice. Yeah, so it's kind of a painful process to go through. Um, I th- I think like, um, you you do see things like like you start to pick up on on things where you know maybe. Uh, in in the first couple episodes, somebody was like rubbing the microphone or something like that. Like, yeah, yeah, yep. yep. So you know, you can Guilty. pick up where we've we've become more conscious of of how those things come through uh, in the finished product and and things that we've done just behaviorally to stop it from happening. There you go. I mean, it's it, it's not all cured and gone away for sure, but I mean, if, I think that we've we've grown as as uh, you know podcasters and. Uh, country music influencers. Oh yeah, we're, we're definitely that. <laughs> you know, those first few episodes, not knowing really what I was doing very well, I spent hours editing. Like they took for it seemed like they took forever, and I had it all on different tracks, and I had moved everything around. And now I've I found a system that works, and I can you know crank it out pretty much in just the amount of time it takes to listen back. That's good for better or for worse. That's... I mean, could just be me getting lazy. I don't know. <laughs> Listeners, let me know what you think. There's yeah, not as I many mean, segments now. It just flows a little more yeah, smoothly, yeah. which some people might not like. Kind of a, According to the podcast experts, you don't want to go more than about 15 minutes without a, a noticeable shift. 
a stopping point with mm. some sort of different thing that happens and then keep going. I don't know. I kind of like the the just stream of consciousness yeah. feel. Me you too. Know? Yep. Can we get back to what I was listening to now? Yeah. I'm really excited. Tyler Booth. The song is Along Comes a Girl. He's a 21-year-old dude from southwest Kentucky. Uh, just recently released his first EP. Um, with, and then a couple of singles came out. Um, I think when I listen to it, it sounds a little bit like it's what it, it see if you can track with me here. It sounds like what Dustin Lynch would have sounded like if he didn't suck. Like if, <laughs> like if he didn't, if he didn't choose to just put out garbage music, if he put out cow, cow, was it cowboys and angels? If he stuck right. with that and kind of went in that same vein, then it's like, this is what I think, uh, it, it would have been here. Let's okay. uh, take a listen okay. to a little bit of this. I don't love the percussion. Sounds close to snap tracky to me. You see the bobber dropping while you're popping the top on the cold beer. Okay, I hear the and Dustin Lynch comparison. Yeah. Truck and low gear. It's shotguns, bird dogs, buddies, and 12 ounce curls. Along comes a girl. It's your typical, the dude is just doing his own thing, and then then she comes, changes it all up. I like this build. Did you uh, dig in and find, does he write his own stuff? Yeah. yeah. Yep, he did. He wrote it. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. It's it's good. The percussion comes in and stays the rest of the song. There you go. That's not bad. There you go. That is Long Comes a Girl by Tyler Booth. I listened to some of his other stuff, and it's all, it's good. You know, it's not Randall King, but it's Randall King-esque a little bit. <laughs> and, um, yeah, it's it's what Dustin Lynch, if he stayed the course of Cowboys and Angels, would have would have sounded like. Sure. I yeah, like it. Yep. It's good stuff. So he only has one EP out. He's got, like, eight songs total on the streaming platforms. But if you like it, check it out. What do you have? Um. Well, uh, let's see. What are we doing? I'm bringing out a little bit of uh muscadine bloodline okay uh i hadn't even heard of them until you mentioned it maybe you showed it to me last time we hung out yeah what do you know about them uh very little okay. um I, I believe they're a couple guys from alabama that didn't know each other till they moved to nashville and um you know i kind of like their sound they're actually somebody that that my wife got into a while back and mentioned mm-hmm. to me, and then I saw him pop up in the new releases and went, hey, I'm going to check out that new EP. And, um, you know, it seems like maybe their their sound is evolving a little bit, and probably before too long they'll be the next Dan and Shay. Yep. When you, that's the first thing that popped <laughs> in my mind when you mentioned they didn't know each other until they met in Nashville. I'm like, oh, boy. Uh, but, uh, you know, so far, I don't find them uh, intolerable. There so. you go. What song did you pick? 
Uh, a song's called Boys. And did you pick it? Does it? Did you pick it because it resonates with you? Yeah, I, I find it uh, relatable. Yeah, and, and actually, kind of, you know, the song that you picked. I, I feel like there's there's kind of a a common thread there. And, yeah, and, and you know, harkens back to at least my younger days. You know, with that's that's what the, mine was the, for this the, one. The difference that you know finding the girl makes in your routine and the way it changes your life and things. And yep, and boys explores the topic of like. Man, I think you and me could be really cool, except you've got the girl I want, so I don't ah, like you type of thing. Yeah. So. Mine, my connection for Long Comes a Girl was, you know, as I heard it, I was like, oh, that's totally me. Because, you know, I joined the Army. I was planning to do all this cool and hardcore stuff and go all these places. And then I met Jen and was like, never mind. I just want to do whatever <laughs> she's doing. Right. No regrets. But, yeah, you know, Long Comes a Girl. All yeah. right. Boys from uh, Muscadine Bloodline. They have similar intros, both these two. Kind of some subdued yeah. instrumentation. It's like if uh, Eric Church and Dustin Lynch did a <laughs> did an experimental album together or something. Obviously, this sounded like Eric Church. Great lyrics. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. Like they're they're clever songwriters. Yep. That's a that's a good. Yeah. Here's some real instruments built in. The instrumental dynamic is interesting. Like the the percussion. I don't know how to describe it. Yeah. It kind of pulses a little bit. Like like vocally, I feel like they're they're somewhere between like um, some of Eric Church's stuff yep. and then like uh, Reckless Kelly. Yeah, y- you know I I'm, I think they could sell this to Eric Church and he, yeah, you think? if he cut this, it'd be a huge hit. Probably so. Yeah, yeah. and I like the concept of the song. Like it's a good idea. Yeah, yeah. There you go. I enjoyed it. It was it was my favorite off of the the new EP they put out. So well, there you go. Do you know what it's called? The new EP. Not off the top of my head. It might be called Boys. Actually. All right. Well, folks, go check that out. Muscadine Bloodline. Boys. Good stuff, man. Good stuff. Well, on that note, I'm excited to get into this week's. Number one, Country Smackdown. Smackdown. I have to say that every time now. I'm committed. <laughs> we're going back. So on our last episode, we were hanging out really early in, I can't even call it the current decade anymore because it's actually a decade ago. You know what I mean? Because we're in 2020 now. Yep. So we're heading back to the very beginning of the previous decade and the one before that, which is right about where we left off on our last episode. We do promise to move forward some years going into this next episode, but we are talking about December 2011 and December 2001. We called it, I want to talk about country because we're talking about December 2001. I want to talk about me. 
by Toby Keith. Toby Keith. Going head-to-head against Country Must Be Countrywide by Brantley Gilbert. This was the episode that I asked you to humor me on, that you did not necessarily, I, you were not too thrilled about doing. I was dreading it. Exactly. I and was dreading it. Like, whereas actually, I'm really excited. Like, like when we decided on these two songs, I listened to them both one time. <laughs> and then... Like once we once we hammered out a date and a time to actually record the episode, which we're doing now, last night, going to bed, I looked at my wife and just like Ugh. shrunk into a heap and was <laughs> like, I am not looking forward to investing the amount of time oh. that I'm going to have to tomorrow into listening to oh. these two songs. Oh, I loved it. I love these two songs. And I loved preparing for them. And, you know, I was working at the kitchen table and had them playing and reading lyrics. And my girls were watching them videos. And they, yeah, it's great. I love them both. All right. Well, uh, you know, when I when I told her that last night and she asked me what the songs were and I told her, she went, uh, I, I guess I would have to go with the Brantley Gilbert song. Uh-huh. And then today when I... Um, made her listen to them both um i think she still is gonna go with the brantley gilbert song (laughs) all right there you go well i'm gonna save who i'm going with till later but let's talk about it 2001 december i want to talk about me this was the second single from toby's pull my chain album first single off there was i'm just talking about tonight now he was in a hot streak uh when when this song came out it was a string of uh number ones um what in a short amount of time, he had, How Do You Like Me Now? You Shouldn't Kiss Me Like This, My List, Who's Your Daddy, Beer for My Horses, I Love This Bar, American Soldier, all just kind of one after another, after another, after another, all went to number one and all sold really well. So this was just kind of plunked in the middle of a good season for him. Do you have any memories of December 2001-ish when, or I guess the fall of 01? I mean, aside from 9-11 and stuff. Well, but. and that's that's actually going to be part of, part of the discussion today, I think, yep. is... Um, because this, it was overtaken by "Where Were You?" Yes, by yep, Alan Jackson yep. when and, the world stopped turning. And uh, I don't know how how far you looked up the list from that point on, but this was like the last, like fun good time type song to sit at number one on the chart. Oh, interesting. There, there was a solid six months of like melancholy. I'm gonna look introspective, intimate mellow songs that sat like six months solid of number one until um i think it was i'm still a guy by brad paisley popped up in yeah like july of the following year oh man well i'll be darned this is why i have you here with me because <laughs> you just you bring so much it, value it just like this was the end of a of a season and like i think you know the the way that country music being kind of a a roots thing with the nation it, yeah. is in a lot of ways kind of a cultural barometer sometimes it it was like we entered a season of just like melancholy introspection and you know yeah. you, you had a couple patriotic songs pop up in there and but for the most part it was all pretty pretty uh, muted and and toned down for 6 months solid interesting cuz yeah the week of September 11th uh, Toby Keith, I'm just talking about tonight, took over from Blake Shelton. And you had a random Cindy Thompson song. Then Where I Come From, Only in America, 
That was that was the first little bump for for patriotism. Only in America was after after nine eleven. Yeah, yeah. And then you got Tim McGraw angry all the time. Then I want to talk about me, and uh, so you you can see it took you know what was it six eight weeks for for music to catch up with with the global event. Then you have where were you though? And yeah, then it's yep. some more like Good Morning Beautiful, Bring on the Rain, Cowboy and Me. Long goodbye, blessed, my list, drive, um, living and living well. I'm gonna miss her. So I mean, yeah, that's yeah, the one. yeah. You're right. Good connection there, my man. Good connection there. Let's talk a little bit about the songwriter, Bobby Braddock, one of the most famous country music songwriters this, of all time. <laughs> yeah. Um. It it honestly makes me sad that we're 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 talking about him and. This song is the context in which we're, we're exactly. The I mean, he's in the Country Music Hall of Fame. He's in the Songwriters Hall of Fame. He wrote the the most you know famous the, or the, the a number one country song the, of all the time. The song that was voted the country music song of the of the century. Yeah, he stopped loving her today. Right, great pick, and he wrote it. So, I if if you're you know uh, a fan of kind of the history of country music. And you're listening to this podcast. I want you to just just take a moment and consider the fact that a man who, all the way back in the '60s, he was in Marty Robbins' band. Mm-hmm. He started writing songs for legends like Marty Robbins and the Statler Brothers and George Jones, Tammy Wynette, Bill Anderson, uh, one of your favorites. Yep, I like Whispering uh, Bill. Johnny Paycheck and John Anderson. Yep. He wrote, he stopped loving her today, which is, you know, considered the country song of all country songs. Yep. And he also wrote, I Want to Talk About Me <laughs> by Toby yeah. Keith. Yeah, so, you know, obviously it was written because it came out it went to number one after September 11th, but it was written well before that. But um, so that's not an influence at all. But what do you think? Like what? What do you think was going through his mind? What, I mean, what? Ins- Honestly, I, I haven't looked up anything. Well, it we from touched him. we touched on this um, an episode or two ago when we were doing Blake Shelton, mm-hmm. and that um, essentially like his biggest thing as as a producer. Uh, in that capacity is that he discovered Blake Shelton. Yeah. And he wrote this song for Blake Shelton. And he wanted it to be the debut single. And, yep. you know, and for the label reason, said that, no thanks. That didn't happen. And we ended up with Toby Keith, like, you know. Um, so I don't know if it would have been any better had Blake Shelton done it. But, I, you know, I feel like the song exists sort of as, um, you know, part of the the whole discovering Blake Shelton thing. Yeah. You know, so maybe if if without the Blake Shelton factor, maybe we don't have the song at all. Maybe. I mean Toby Keith has some funny Which would be fine, by the way. Oh, come on. He's Toby Keith has had some even prior to this, some funny, kind of cheeky songs. He's he's done some acting. Like he's into the silly like he always has an right. element of silliness and this fits right in there. You know, I think I put How Do You Like Me Now similarly into this same category not of the sound but just it's got a kind of funny cheeky right. to it um and i don't get a lot of that or as much of that from blake you know the question i was thinking of was I don't what, know. what hillbilly bone and 
you know almost so, all right and a couple like that are kind of what cheeky. was what was the boys around here i mean yeah i mean there, there's there's a ish an aspect of it there but he i don't think he'd he'd be as over the top goofy and corny as toby keith no i don't think so and then you add in the music video which we'll talk about later oh and yeah it's, yeah it's so good but that's um, a cinematic treasure here's the question for you what would have happened if this was blake shelton's debut single instead of austin what would what would have happened to his career? Um, I I think it would have stumbled out of the gates. I think, you know, where this was Toby Keith's seventh number one, I think it doesn't work for anybody as a debut single. Yeah, I agree. I think, yeah, it, that could have been the end of the career of Blake Shelton as we knew it. Yep, potentially, yeah. So thank goodness that he didn't, uh, he didn't cut it. Uh, so... Here's the other question. What do we make of this song? How do you classify the song? Because in 2001, um, was there had had Bubba Sparks come on the scene yet in 2001? As far as I can remember, he's, I, I don't think so. He's what I would consider to be the first country rapper that I'm familiar with. Is there somebody that was before him? Because he was before Colt Ford. Um, Cowboy Troy, I feel like he was before them. Yeah, I can't. Can't think of anybody. Okay, so nobody was doing country rap at that point. So people had had said, you know, this is not a spoken word song. This is a country rap song. Spoken word has been a part of country music forever. Right. Um, but this is different. Do you, how do you classify this song? Um. <clears throat> well, you know, um, listening back through our our previous episodes when we when we did meant to be with BB Rexa. Yeah. Um, you kept referring to it as meant to be in the garbage. Yeah, I just, um, I heard it today I, I feel with my kids, like, and they were like, oh, that's a song from your podcast. And I was like, I hate this, this song. This song might also need to join that song <laughs> in the garbage. But are you saying, but is it a country song? <laughs> is it a country song? Yes. So it's and, not a rap song. And, and uh, I, I guess kind of heading down that particular trail. Um, I did listen to an instrumental version of the song. Oh, okay. And I found it to be far more enjoyable than the version with <laughs> vocals. And and oh, honestly, like like honestly, it's like if you get rid of Toby Keith and his like pseudo rapping and yodeling in the in the chorus. And there's yodeling. Yep. Um, musically, it sounds like it's era yeah like it's it's like hit the nail on the head it sounds like everything else from its time yeah and like the the way that um and i love that time there's there's a little bit of organ there is in yep. the song yep. and like i'm sitting there listening to the instrumental version and i'm thinking like if i don't know this song if i've never heard the vocals and i'm just listening to it and then you ask me like who do you think the artist is attached to the song First thing that came to mind for me was Sawyer Brown. Yeah, I could hear that. Like, uh, I feel like there are a lot of uh, musical similarities between this song and 800 Pound Jesus. There's also musical similarities between this and I Don't Have to Be Me by Steve Azar. Okay, yeah. 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 Same chord progression, same instrumentation. Take vocals out of both, they sound really similar. Yeah, so, you know, I guess that's a long way of saying, like, like minus the, the... stupid stupid <laughs> vocals um it i mean 
musically it hits all of the notes of country music for its time it's all there you know it so yeah yeah there you go I don't I don't think it's a rap song Toby Keith said in Billboard magazine that he knew he'd get banged up a little for it he said people are going to call it rap but he says ain't nobody doing rap who would call it rap so he didn't right, think it's rap right. either. <laughs> yeah. And uh, it's not pop. It is cheesy and it is hokey. This is one of those smackdowns where, you know, I have a winner, obviously. Um, but, you know, I knew neither of them would score highly, but I love both songs. Like I they're they're turn up in my car songs, both of them when they come on. And I still regularly play through both of these artists collections and right. thoroughly enjoy both these songs. All right. So, so yeah, do we do we want to keep talking about it or do we want to play a little bit and let's then and then bit. come back to the conversation because yeah. I've I have a question. Okay, let's play a little bit here for those of you that are unfamiliar. This is I want to talk about me by Toby Keith 2001. And uh at, if you're unfamiliar with the song, my challenge to you is to listen to the snippet that we play, listen to the vocals with a modern day gender politics mindset. Oh, okay. We talk about the troubles you've been having with your brother about your daddy and your mother and your crazy ex-lover. We talk about your friends and the places that you've been. We talk about your skin and the dimples on your chin. The polish on your toes and a run in your holes and God knows we're going to talk about your clothes. Fair so far. Talking about you makes me smile. But every once in a while I love it so far. <laughs> What's not to like? It's just goofy. It is goofy. All right, here's... This is the part. The me's. That's... Uh, there's the yodel. And the, and the yodel. Yeah. But me, me. If you picture... Like... I don't know if if you've never seen Toby Keith, he look he looks <laughs> like a uh, a caricature come to life. Yes, he does. And even my daughters were like, "He's got really weird hair." <laughs> <laughs> oh man, you should show him the video for "Should Have Been a Cowboy." Okay. Oh, I think I have. That was yeah. a glorious mullet. Um, anyway, like <laughs> I was sitting listening to this. And watching the video, and there's there's one shot where he's he's like in the in the pimp outfit with yep. the gold teeth. Yes, and he's like turned to the side and does the yodel part. And when he's like me, I'm just like, I don't know like how this worked, but I'm like, when he does that, and there it was again. Yep, he sounds like his teeth look. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, and, and I don't know exactly what that means, but that's the thought that I had. <laughs> so, All right, what about this? I don't know if, like, I don't. Yeah, I don't even know. Like, there you go, there you go. There's "I Want to Talk About Me" by Toby Keith. It's that bridge right there that's like, uh, but I love it. All right, okay. here we go. Did you have? Your, what was your question? My my question, and I, and I'm kind of, you know, there's there's a little bit of tongue in cheek with this, but it's also you know ultra ultra sensitivity that we live under today, uh, and with with the focus on, you know, misogyny, and you you can't 
explain anything like as a man you can't explain anything to a woman without being accused of mansplaining and you know uh all of that and just kind of our our like political or uh gender politics that we we have today versus what we had in a one 20 years ago yeah can you um you know like do you think that a a modern country artist at the peak of their career today would record this song and put it out as a single. No, I don't think you could because you know, a lot of it is, is it's very like sarcastic and tongue in cheek. And you know, he even talks about all these things about the woman that we talk about all the time. Yep. And you know, talking about you makes me smile, but Right now, I want to talk about me. Yep. You know, is that, would that be considered belittling and, you know, asking the woman to take a back seat to the man? And most likely. So, like, I, like, that was the thing that struck me when I was really kind of listening to the lyrics of the song was, yeah. was like, would somebody put this song out today? I don't think so. I don't. And I would love to hear from some of you female listeners. So let us know what you think about that. If, if, if this song is, uh, you know, offensive or if you, if you get any of these, you know, feelings like Andrew was talking about, or if you think that, yeah, we need more of this kind of stuff, but I don't think anybody would today, regardless of how it sounds. Right. But right. this kind of theme. Now, in in my house where, you know, I've got a, a a a wife who likes to chat and I've got two daughters who like to chat and the words never stop. And then <laughs> I mean, even our dogs and cat are female. It's just like, oh my gosh. There's so many words just going all the time. Yep. And I'm a chatty person too. Uh, if you guys hadn't noticed. Um, so I, I relate like, although I don't necessarily know how often I want to talk about me, Jen, you can, you can chime in here and, <laughs> and let everybody know. Anyway, I totally relate. Uh, it's a clever list song about all the things that the girl wants to talk about and he wants to talk about himself. It's, it's a short song, just under three minutes. Uh, it's got two long verses, uh, like, like rap songs do. And then it's just a repeating chorus, but then there's that bridge breakdown the bridge is is dumb. The you 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 you. I want to talk about me, but that bridge is like the funnest part to sing along with. Really? Yeah. I guess I haven't tried it. Okay, I try it all the time, and it's good. Um, I like the things he calls himself. Me, number one. Me, I, number one. Oh my, me, my, and then you know what I think, what I like, what I know, what I want, what I see. Like, you know. I I can relate. It's good. Um, But it's not profound. Like, it's not going to... (laughs) It's not going to change life. It's not going to inspire. It's just going to put a smile on your face. It's cheeky. So for, you know, for uh, if this is your first episode, listeners, we give each uh, category. We have three categories. We give it a score out of 30. uh, Score out of 10 per category, I should say. 30 total. Winning. uh, The winning song gets absolutely nothing. Um, so my, uh, my lyrics and content score, I give it a generous five. That is really generous. A generous five. That, wow. I like the way he, like, there's a long list of stuff he doesn't want to talk about with her. Like it's an exhaustive list from people to, I mean, there's just all sorts of stuff, you know? Yeah. And yep. then cycles. Yeah. That's referenced. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And when the song came out in 01, I don't know if I was tuned in enough. To know what know what he was talking about when yeah. he said when you start yeah I was I turned twenty that year so I'm I don't know 
Maybe I did, but maybe yeah, I, maybe it came not. later. Maybe my understanding came later because I didn't have sisters or anything like that either. So, and then I was in the army, so I wasn't like, I wasn't exposed to that kind of stuff at all. <laughs> so um, it's a generous five because it's a pretty generous five. Yeah. Yeah. Keep in mind, I love it. <laughs> that doesn't that doesn't give it more meaning or value, though. <laughs> all right, what do you give it? Um. Okay, I give it a five because it's fun to sing along with. Okay. That's okay. that's why, because it's fun to sing along with. But it, it could literally be like gibberish uh, syllables and be fun to sing along with. That's true. doesn't mean you would give that gibberish a good score because it's fun <laughs> to sing along. But but you do you. Um, like that's, that's, <laughs> that's my number, and I'm sticking <laughs> to it. Uh, I'm, I'm going to, for, for lyrical content, I am going to give it, uh, a generous one. Are you kidding? A one? A what else? One. Have, what else have you given a one to? I don't know. Probably plenty of things. When? No. A I'm, one I'm the curmudgeon is like here. A one. What? What song deserves a one? Hmm. Oh, I can't even think of anything that's bad enough to deserve a one. What song do I just absolutely hate? Is this the first one you've ever given? I don't think so. I don't know. I haven't been paying attention. You just listened back to the entire catalog. Yeah, I've been listening to the songs that we talked about and our total scores. Okay. Not our, not our, not our, uh, I can't believe you're giving category it a one. scores. You know, I, I think like a zero is there are words in the song, a one <laughs> is those words form thoughts. Okay. And this song doesn't go really beyond that. It barely forms a thought. <laughs> oh gosh, I tell you. Okay, and I and I apologize to uh, Bobby Braddock for um, giving his song a zero this, this or a one. I understand that you must have been going through something terrible at this time in your career, <laughs> and uh, I I you know salute you for rebounding from this song and eventually writing "People Are Crazy" for Billy Currington. Yeah, Billy Currington. He's gone on and and continued to write hit after hit after hit. Okay, for like f- what sixty years or something yeah. like that now? It's crazy. And when he wrote this, he was still old. I mean, he yeah, like he was old when he wrote it. It sounds like something a young person would write. Yeah, well, I mean, unless he wrote it like in the '80s and it just sat on a shelf somewhere. And I couldn't find a co-writer credit. Could you? Nope. Yeah. So he just was sitting around. Maybe he was feeling like he wanted to talk about himself. Maybe he was at the house and his wife was just talking a lot, and he's like, "Oh, I got to write this out." I don't know. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Okay. Our second category, listeners, is vocals and instrumentation, or as you like to call it. Sound very good. I hear a lot of piano. I hear the great electric guitar fills going throughout. There's a small bit of pedal steel that goes through. Nice drums, and then that organ plays through in the back. That's about what I hear. Um, but it, aside from a couple changes in the chorus, it's the same four chords over and over and over that just repeat with that that kitschy lick that it has on there. I I think that it's Toby's playfulness that works for him um vocally but he also he sounds powerful and convicting like if he didn't have this powerful vocal um that ranges from low to high throughout the song like i don't think a less powerful vocalist could pull it off the way he does fair yeah fair i uh uh i like the yodel i think the yodel fits (laughs) you got this that might be the best thing about the song you got almost a rapping thing going on mixed in with a yodel i think it's good harmonies are good 
I I don't know if I love the the silliness of the me 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 that repeats after the chorus, or if I hate it. Well, and the juxtaposition of the me me me, and then the you you yes you. you. It's clever. It's really good. I don't know if clever is the word. It's pretty good. However, um, I do think instrumentally, instrumentally, it's just way too one note. You know, there's just not a lot going on there. Same chords. Only because of his passion and silliness and the the power in the vocals that I do, I give it for sound. I do give it a another five out of ten. Okay. Uh, well, we're in agreement on this category. Okay. Although my my assessment is a little bit different than yours. Um, you know, kind of going back to the the instrumental version of the song that I listened to, and the fact that you know it does sound very much like it's era like it's it's spot on for then yeah um so so really and truly like like without vocals i give it like a seven and a half okay uh but then i have to take points off the board because of the vocals and that's how i got to five because of the words or the way he sounds uh well no the words is the lyrical content right so So you don't think he sounds good either no no not at all like i mean the the singing of the chorus part is is okay, you know. It's yeah. it's it's neither good nor bad, I guess. But the the bad attempt at at rapping the verses, <laughs> um, you know, I I feel like the quote from him about like people who do rap wouldn't call this rap. Like another way of of saying that is is yeah, this is. This is an early 2000s attempt at country rap, but if you called it rap to people who are rappers, they would be offended. Yeah. And so, no. And they would laugh you out. It's not good uh, vocally. Okay. And you gave it a five as well. I gave it a five. All right. All right. And uh, the last category is its cultural impact or significance. This was one of many number ones he cranked out. I love the Goofy music video. It sells the song perfectly you you couldn't have a serious music video to try to do that um, <laughs> it might be fun to try it's got 18 million views the song sold 500,000 copies and the question is you know what did it do for his career it didn't it didn't project it into another level it or repel it it didn't tank it from being silly it just kind of it was just toby being toby you know yeah um my my feeling on that um, is that I mean we're t- this was his seventh number one of twenty in total to date. Okay, mm-hmm. so we're we're almost to the middle of his career. So if I mean if we're we're talking about like he's he possibly has peaked at this point. Okay, and then I feel personally like. First of all, I can't believe that the song was number one for five weeks, which is a long number one at that time. Right. Um, but I, I feel like this this could have sent him on a downward trajectory if not for the fact that kind of the next phase of his career had been like or had not been the the, you know, chest puffed. Yep, uber patriotism. Exactly. Act yep. That 
you know, really propelled him to the next level of stardom. Yeah, courtesy of the Red, White, and Blue and, and American, American Soldier. Soldier. Yeah, yep, and and American Ride and yep. I yep. don't know. So good call. Uh, I I like. I honestly feel like if if he hadn't transitioned into that after this song, it might have been the end. This may have sent him on a downward trajectory. Okay, so he, then he. This, I'm gonna say something mildly to not so mildly controversial. Actually, to, we like a good controversy I, on this I'm podcast. Gonna, I'm gonna say this this Toby Keith comment after I say another one that I think sometimes in my mind. <laughs> um, the best thing to ever happen to Dave Grohl's career was Kurt Cobain dying. Yeah, that's probably true. Because the Foo Fighters have been, become like such a major... Oh, yeah. They're bigger than Nirvana ever would have been long-term. Probably, yeah. So kind of in the same vein as that comment. Yeah. I Like... I'm going to say it, one of the biggest, uh, you know, career and financial benefactors of September yep, 11th. I, I knew where you're going is there. Is Toby Keith. Yeah. And, yep. I mean, call it what you will. Uh, there, there's something kind of dirty about that. I guess, yeah. You know, um, it's, you know. But but he was the guy to capitalize. I mean, you had other like Craig Morgan and Alan Jackson, but Daryl Worley. They pretty much mm-hmm. did one, and and they were out. And yeah. Toby Keith kept hammering that same thing, you know. Yep. Um. So yeah, I I feel like if if that had not come along at just the right time to transition him into that next phase, probably we're starting to see his career slide after this song. There you go. So then. I assume you're giving it an extremely low score for its cultural impact. Did you give yours that? I didn't. <laughs> I didn't. But you were on a roll. You were on a roll. Okay. Well, uh, maybe you can float the balloon after this because I'm giving it a zero. Okay. For cultural impact. Because yeah. It, it didn't. This song didn't. I don't feel like it, it did anything. Like Maybe it put a smile on people's faces in the fall of 01. Where they're all downtrodden? Maybe. I don't know. That's what I, mean, I was going with. I mean, with. It, it did stay at number one for a while. Af- you know, it was it was after 9-11 that this was a number one. Yep. So maybe. So that's why it has points at all for me in this category, is only because I felt like it might have put a smile on people's faces after 9-11, and it still plays on the radio today. Like on the Y2 Country channel that we regularly listen to in the car, it still comes on. I still turn it up. The girls still like it when it comes on. So it still plays on the radio. It put a smile on people's faces. I give it a three. All right, but you know you're you're generous towards songs that you like. That's so. true. I don't do well at scoring objectively. <laughs> so I had a uh, I had what did I have? I had a five and a five and a three is a thirteen out of thirty. So terrible flunking grade objectively. But it's a lot better than the 6 out of 30 that I gave it. Yeah. So is this your lowest of all time? Like, did you score meant to be higher than this? I might have. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) See? I don't know. (laughs) I'd have to What other songs have we done that that we've absolutely Um, hated that scored this low? I have that information, actually. I don't have the category scores. Sure. I do have. What what scored 6? Or is this this the worst song we've done so far? This is the worst so far. What did you score meant to be? Uh, I gave meant to be a nine, so it was <laughs> it was close. 
<laughs> it was close. So that doesn't that doesn't mean that you genuinely enjoy listening to Meant to Be better than I want to talk about me. It just means that it subjectively sc- scores more highly in these three categories. Yeah, actually, uh, both Meant to Be and Die a Happy Man, I gave okay. nine points. But I bet, I bet we'd have to listen back to the categories. I bet Meant to Be only got a really high score in cultural significance, and everything else probably yeah, sucked. Almost, yeah, almost entirely, yeah. Yeah, there you go. And probably the same for Die a Happy Man. Yeah. Because of the... The Ed Sheeran comparison and the alternate versions and yep. all of that. So, so yeah, probably those those two scored really high in the cultural impact and not in the other categories. So this doesn't suck as bad as those to listen to. Uh, right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Good. I feel I feel okay with that. But uh, but total total ball of wax. Um, yeah. <laughs> total ball of wax. It sucks. Yeah. So so um, yeah. I mean, there you have it. Like I said, Die Happy Man and Meant to Be, I both scored nines, and this song takes over as my least favorite song that we've ever done on the <laughs> Country Smackdown podcast. Oh, listeners, with, please chime in. With a shiny six. I, impar- I, I implore you, listeners, to please chime in on email or social media and let Andrew know all the ways he is wrong, that it's a great song. Or if you want to affirm that he's right and you hate it, that's fine. Let me let me have it. I can handle it. I think it's a great song. So anyway, uh, we'll see what you think. All right, moving up to, you know, interestingly, in a lot of the episodes, we do the newer one first, and then we go to the older one. Yeah, I felt like this was backwards. Yeah, I just thought this would be a fun way to do it. I don't know why. <laughs> moving up from 2001 to 2011, like now we're going to... Uh, based on my notes, like you made me do my Oh, my you had to thing. flip it all over. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 2011, December, you've got the first big breakout single for Brantley Gilbert called Country Must Be Countrywide. Now, I had been familiar with Brantley Gilbert because I was a Colt Ford fan, and they were kind of on the uh, Colt Ford's indie record label, Average Joe's, and then uh, the connection with Valerie Music and stuff. But So I'd been familiar with Brantley Gilbert, and I liked some of his stuff. Um, I think he had some regional notoriety around the southeast but um, this was the first big breakout. He had had a couple other singles as yeah, well. Th- this was his fourth single, for yeah. first to chart. Exactly, yeah. And the one before this was called uh, Them Boys. Or, yeah. yeah. That's a great song. I like that one. The next one, You Don't Know Her Like I Do, another great song. Um, uh, that came after this. Right. That's what. Yeah, yeah. the ne- yeah, next yeah, one yeah. after this, yeah. Um, and, yeah, so I liked it. Uh, this was the first single off the deluxe edition of his first full album called Halfway to Heaven. It was his first number one. Um, he's had one other one. It was called Bottoms Up, probably in the middle of the decade or maybe 16, 17. It's, it's not like this one at all, in my opinion. No. It's one of my least favorites of his. But I am like, I, I love his music. Um, it's that, I call it my guilty pleasure music, you know. Um, I love the the kind of bad boy persona and i love the really cranked up electric guitars and the big time drums do, do you like his uh brass knuckle microphone uh yeah it's yeah. well it it rounds out the character <laughs> you know what i mean it rounds out the character and and so i i it's like i like the whole uh display of everything yeah. um yeah yeah, I yeah. do i totally do i did i i just go back to that like awful uh performance of of fired up fart fart up fart up 
from Monday Night Football last year. Yeah. And like social media just oh, yeah. just filleted the guy. They did, and, yeah. And like the one thing that, that stick, sticks out in my mind to this day was like somebody commented, when did Fred Durst start doing country music? Yep. Yep. So if if you've never experienced Brantley Gilbert, there's a little reference point for you. He to, is the to Fred kinda, Durst of country music. To kind of understand what you're getting yourself into right now. Yeah. But he has another side of him that's really hip-hop influenced with the hip-hop drum beats on the 808s and drum machines and all that sort of stuff. I don't love that stuff as much. But the other side that's just got the really cranked up electric guitars and big drums, that arena rock sound with the gritty growly vocal like arena rock actually i I like it i like one of my one of my notes and i mean you can you can think what you want as far as wikipedia as a as source material Uh you know um but wikipedia actually classifies the song as country and post grunge okay huh I don't even know what post grunge is, P- but post grunge uh, is like is it like Nickelback and stuff like that. Uh, that's what post grunge became. Okay, like, like the first post grunge was like Candlebox. Oh yeah, okay. Uh, bands and then eventually Creed and Nickelback and Theory of a Dead Man. Yeah. And so sure. Uh, according to Wikipedia, you can lump this song in with those guys, Candlebox and Slash Country. Yeah. Well. Uh... <laughs> yeah, okay, that is what it is. Um, he wrote a couple of big hits for a guy you might have heard of called Jason Aldean. He wrote Dirt Road Anthem, which was a, you know, when when Brantley Gilbert Colt Ford did it, it was very different than Jason Aldean's version, but right. most people attribute that song to being the turning point for Aldean's career that that if, took it uh, crazy. If you haven't heard Aldean's version of Dirt Road Anthem, um if you're familiar with classic cartoons, if you can imagine a uh, droopy dog trying to <laughs> rap, that's what Jason Aldean's version of Dirt Road Anthem pretty much sounds like. All right. And then he also wrote My Kind of Party, one of my favorite Aldean songs. And I've I've talked about this on the podcast before, like that side of Jason Aldean, the hard rock arena anthems like My Kind of Party and She's Country. I love his band. They pull that off really well. When they crank it up, I really like it. And uh, yeah, see uh, that that um, you just mentioned um, she's country, mm-hmm. and just the f- the fact that uh, Brantley Gilbert had written songs for Jason Aldean, but not she's country. The fact that he didn't write she's country was mind blowing to me because of the the sound similarities yeah. between she's country and my kind of party and. Uh, country, country must be countrywide. Yeah, it could have been a Brantley Gilbert like, song. I, easy, totally same thing. Yeah, it was only a one week number one. It was replaced. Uh, it replaced "Sparks Fly" by Taylor Swift. I don't know that one at all. And it was replaced by "We Own the Night" by Lady A. Uh, I don't. I don't like that song very much. Um, is "Country Must Be Countrywide" a country song? Uh, you're probably expecting me to say no. But mm, I don't know when, about that. When we when we get farther into the analysis portion of the song, I feel like you might be pleasantly surprised by All what right. I have to say. Very good. I'm already excited. Let's take a quick <laughs> listen. Let's listen in for those of you that haven't heard it. Uh, check it out and see what you think. Some nice acoustic guitar. 
some mechanical computer drums. Yep. Some slurred speech. Yeah, sorry, I don't up. Yeah, I like that. Got that boom hour there from uh, King of, <laughs> King the Hill. Yeah. I like the vocal a ton. I was gassing up the other day and old boy pulled up with a license plate. Kind of on that same droopy dog type sound. But right here, this is, this. I love this. That hits my soul. That open ringing D chord, which is the lowest you can get on a standard tuned electric guitar, like, it just hits my soul. I love it. I'm smiling so big. I just, I love the way the band sounds. There's tons of reverb and delay on the vocals that makes it big and, you know, it seems like huge vocals. But mostly it's, it's the electric guitar that does it for me in this song. Oh, you there cut you it, you cut oh, it off I can... just just before. Okay. No, I'll, I'll I'll save it for later. I'll save it. Oh, I like this part. See, no, that's the way I just brought it back in. Was that? Did we miss your part? Oh, I mean, that's so good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm fading out. So, although but, I wanted to come back for the bridge because I'm or the the cutout. So yeah, the breakdown. Um, kind of where you cut it off there initially. I was I like, what what struck me audibly with the instrumentation is when the, when the song starts it's it's like kind of mellow and dark sounding but yep. it's it's an acoustic guitar so you've got yep you know kind of the the country sound there and then as it builds into the chorus you lose all identifying earmarks of what you would classify yeah. as as traditional country music yep and then like right there the mandolin kicks where, in. Where you, you cut it off. Like, um, let's see. It's about the minute and 25 second mark, uh-huh. a piano comes in. Oh, yeah, just, big time. Just a little bit. Yep. And then at about 140, there's a mandolin and a little bit of slide, and yep. the acoustic comes back. Yep, yep. And that, like, you get that through, I want to say, it, some of the second verse and almost all of the the like traditional country organic type instrumentation goes away at that point again except if you listen really hard for it the mandolin stays through the second chorus yeah and then like the third chorus is just like this massive cacophony of all of the instruments happening all at the same time yep yep when i listen i watched a live video just to kind of see how it would play. And the first thing I noticed in the chorus is the choruses is, is that he is singing over himself singing. It's very obvious. Like uh, like yeah. he's singing along with the track and his vocal is in the track. And I don't like that. Um but then I also noticed in the live version that the mandolin is showcased big time. Like you really? can hear it through the whole song, like really pronounced. Anyway, uh let's talk about let let's break this down a little bit. Um the, the the song is just kind of a description song about how there are country and redneck people in all states of the country. That it's not just a, a regional thing. 
Um, he had referenced that the first verse is based on a true experience. Like he actually saw a guy from with an Ohio plate with, you know, Wranglers and boots and look reminded him of Chris Ledoux. Like that was true uh, experience. And then I like the philosophy part of the second verse, you know, and God we trust and we believe and we say prayers and we know what's, we see what's wrong and do what's right or something like that. You know, I like that kind of stuff. So I agreed with that. Um, yeah. Um, so lyrics, content, um, and being from the Pacific Northwest, it's a, like a, it's a, it's a nod to the rest of us that aren't from the Southeast. Right. You know, or, or just the South in, in general, um, that, that there's some of us too that, you know, kind of gravitate towards that kind of lifestyle. And so, um, uh, you know, I gave the last song a five lyrically for I want to talk about me. This one's, this is not deep. It's not profound. It's a little bit inspiring, but it's just a scotch better than I want to talk about me. So I gave it a six in lyrics and okay. content. Uh, <laughs> Mostly because of that second verse. This is this is going to be such a weird episode. Um, so, <laughs> so I don't know if you can see that from where you're sitting, but the number that I just wrote down for lyrical content um, this song has already beat uh, I Want to Talk About Me. Entirely. Entirely. All three categories. This yeah. one category. Okay. I um, thought you would, I figured you would not like these lyrics at all either. <laughs> you know, the, the one hang up that I have is is the the title of the song, like Country Must Be Country White. Like, I don't know. I just can't, to to a certain degree, wrap my mind around, like, what does that even mean? Like, you're using the same word in two different uh, purposes, yeah. uses in this, in it. so like initially, <clears throat> I throw it in the goofball, corny Toby Keith category just based on that alone. Uh huh. Um, but you know, a lot of what you were talking about there, like being that that we do live north of the Mason Dixon, <laughs> um, and you know we're. We're the type of people that we are, and we have the core values that we have, and you know, kind of like you were saying about the second verse and all of it. Like I find, you know, mostly the verses, not so much the choruses, but I do find the lyrics of the song uh, extremely relatable. Yeah, to myself, and that's you know, that's a lot of times the the driving force and primary factor behind my scoring of the lyrical content category. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so it's not it's not cheesy or corny. I feel like most of what he's talking about in in, um, you know, that way of life and the ideologies and everything is is like earnest and sincere. Yep. And, you know, it's you know, he's showing reverence towards people who are like us. And so I appreciate that. And it gets uh middle high marks from me for lyrical content a seven so i gave it a seven i can't believe it i am so surprised i love it um did you did you think six would be about where i would land or are you thinking i was going to go lower or higher i figured you'd probably be a like seven or eight okay yeah i i find this song to be just as relatable to me as i want to talk about me (laughs) 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 given my life situation Uh, okay yeah um okay uh, second category, lyrics and instrumentation. This one I just love. Um, I like the guitar intro. I like the way the acoustic plays off the electric. I love the mandolin. I like when they build the piano in the second verse. 
Um, but then there's this deep rumbly bass throughout, and I just like the way that they used a lot of reverb and a little bit of fuzz to make that bass just kind of rumble some. Um, and then, you know, the cranked up rock guitars and drums, the dynamics where it cuts out in the chorus where you have like bum, 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 like that, it hits you in a certain way or it hits me in a certain way. And I like that. And then the way the guitar has some guitar slides that, that sound pretty good. Piano mandolin, I think I mentioned that as well. And some people don't like, like my wife, Jen, she does not like the way Brantley Gilbert sings. She thinks yeah, it's I'm fake not, and put on. Fan. And um, I do. Um, and it's got some good range in here. You know, he's got some parts where he's almost yelling and then some low growls. And I like that too. And so because of all of those factors for, for sound, I'm eight out of 10. I really love the way this sounds. Oh, that's, that's high marks. Yeah. I'm, <laughs> you know, that, that part going into the bridge mm-hmm. where it, where he yells, you know, crank this up. And I um, was just going to talk about, yeah, go like, ahead. Like the mental image I have of you. Because you you just like we're we're hitting on the p- where it's like bump bump yep bump up and then he goes y'all better crank this up yeah I I can just see you like driving the van and like just rocking out just like punching the steering wheel yeah. and screaming about cranking it up and let's see if I can get there <laughs> oh okay yeah this breakdown right here those great drums. The slide. I just, I just love that. Yeah. All right. I just love that. But is it country? I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) You know, um, you could put that chorus, take out, take out the like accent out of his voice, and the cording of that chorus isn't that much different than like "Here I Go Again" on my own, or "Pour Some Sugar on Me," or something like that. Uh, actually, I've got a quote. Uh, from uh, let's see, where is it in my notes? Kevin John Coyne of Country Universe, uh, who said, uh, basically, well, it's as country as wanted, dead or alive. Yeah. Anyway. Yep. So there you go. And yeah, I mean, like, I definitely wouldn't consider that a country song, but there there are some similarities. Yep. It's got some country themes to that's, it. That's that's Bon Jovi, by the way. Yes. Uh, we'll in put case, that, we'll put that on the list. In case you didn't know that. There you go. Add <laughs> yeah, that to your, to your. Put that on the list. Yep. Uh, oh so man. Did I get my score already? Did I say eight out of ten? Yeah. Okay, I go eight because I love it. Now I have to start like censoring the songs that I'm going to mention so that I don't have to add them to the list. <laughs> no, don't do that. Um. So yeah. Um. Going to to kind of the the uh, analysis that I was given prior about like the the instrumentation and how you get like certain things that come in and go out and come in and go out and they're more pronounced in some areas and less in others. And then at the end, it's all of it, Um, you know, without like really like sitting and, and putting on a really good set of headphones and listening to the song. Like you could have told me a week ago that there's, uh, an actual like slide guitar and a mandolin in this song, and I would not have believed you. Okay, I would have called you a liar to your face. Yeah, and been like, "Those things don't exist in that song. What are you talking about?" If I would have said, "No, trust me, it's country," you'd have said, "No way." Um. However, you put on your good headphones. So through through that experience alone, this song gained points. Okay, for that being there. Uh, by the way, 
I do have a recommendation for those of you who maybe maybe aren't so much a fan of the post grunge aspects of the song. Um, he does have a version, and and this just goes to the the ridiculousness of kind of his his gimmick and character. Like there's there's a, a an acoustic version of the song, like huh. not a live acoustic, but a recorded acoustic. Okay, but it's not just called the acoustic version. It it's called the um um um, um where'd it go? The raw bonfire breakdown oh, version. Of course, yeah. Um, Got to call it something different. But um like like audibly for me, I like that version a whole lot better. Then the album version, uh, it it is heavy, uh, heavily features acoustic guitar, dobro, and mandolin, and then there's like a stomp clap. I just happened to pull it up. Look at that. Well, let's let's, let's give it a minute. Huh. It's nice. I prefer it. All right, let's see. Here's your guitar solo. I want to see how he does the breakdown bridge. Nice slide guitar on the acoustic. He does not demand that y'all crank us up. Turn it up. We just turn it up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I didn't even realize that existed, and uh, I like that. I don't like it as much as the original. Well, yeah. Um, and I would turn it up, whereas I crank up the other one. Right, yeah. right. But, yeah. I, I mean, juxtaposing the two against each other within the context of lesser, more country. There you go. I, I feel like that So for those that closer. don't love the cranked up, you can just go to the, the raw up. bonfire turned up acoustic version. <laughs> what did you give it? But, uh, raw... Raw bonfire breakdown version. Right. Uh, so yeah, back backing up to the original version because that's the one that we're we're scoring. Um, I am like I appreciate the that it was different for a minute. I mean, it, I guess uh, she's country had already come along, so it wasn't like you know uh, it didn't change the trajectory that country music was going in, it sounded like something that had already come along, but I, I like, I appreciated that it was different. And Mm -hmm. I, I feel like even like, I liked it when it was new before it got overplayed. Uh huh. Cause it was, it was still kind of different. Um, so I liked it better then than I like it now. Um, but because I was able to, to find those little nuggets of traditional, instrumentation mixed in there with with the whole thing uh i i'm giving this one a six in the category of sound okay very good i told you you were gonna be surprised i am surprised i am now you know like you'd mentioned about this song and others like it and how it was kind of new and fresh and it was going a different direction like both of these songs i want to talk about me and country must be countrywide or like what do we make of this song songs like how do we categorize it where does it fit in the larger landscape you know, I think this one's the same thing, you know, uh, which goes right into cultural impact and significance. For me, when Brantley Gilbert kind of came out as a solo artist, not kind of writing the coattails of Colt Ford, it was like, 
huh, well, who is this guy and what do we make of which, it? Which, by the way, uh, Colt Ford is a co-writer on this song. Yes, he is. And and I think we, like, we talk about Colt Ford on the podcast like just under the assumption that everybody knows who Colt Ford is. Okay. Yeah. So, like, I didn't, I didn't put together a list of like other songs that Colt Ford had written or anything like that. And then I was like, yeah, you know, I don't know if everybody knows Colt Ford the way that we know Colt Ford. That's probably true. Um. So, like, really, the only thing that like jumps out at me right off the bat that was something that he had done that is not necessarily a Colt Ford song, but it is a Colt Ford song. But Jason Aldean recorded it was he, Dirt Road he wrote Dirt, An- Dirt Road Anthem. Yeah. Um, the other guy that wrote this uh, was a guy named uh, Mike Deckel. 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 Mm-hmm. Okay, if you say so. Uh, so so those are the three songwriters: Brantley Gilbert, Colt Ford, and and Mike Deckel. Deckel slash Deckel. Yeah. You can um, find his stuff. Who. The, who not, sings on No Trash in My Trailer on Colt Ford's album. He's the oh, does he's he? the chorus vocalist and okay. uh, Colt Ford commonly refers to him as Uncle Mike, you know, numerous times throughout some of the videos and stuff you'll find. So, uh dude has had a, a pretty lengthy career as yeah. a songwriter. Yeah. Um I I would say probably the most recognizable thing was uh Size Matters by Joe Nichols. Okay. Um but goes all way way back to Kenny Rogers. Yeah, he, uh, he's like, an older guy. Like his first first song that got like played on the radio by another air- artist was called Scarlet Fever. Was a song that Kenny Rogers did. Um, so yeah, I mean the guy's been around for a long time. Not a lot of like big hits, but he's existed. Yep, as a songwriter. Um, yep. And for those of you that don't know Colt Ford, he was kind of the big first. I don't know about first, but he was the first big country rapper. Right. Yeah. Yeah, his, I still think Bubba Sparks and Cowboy Troy were before him. Chronologically. But yeah, but he was the first big one. Yeah. And he blended the genres in such a unique way, I don't think that anyone had. Yeah, I mean, he he did it more successfully, and I think that yeah. was... I don't know, like... It's kind of a chicken or an egg thing. Like, did he gain respect because of the guest appearances that he was able to pull in for the first two albums? Or was he able to pull in those guest appearances because he was respected? I don't and, know. And I don't know, but I mean... He's, but then it kind of died off. He didn't really keep, yeah. keep going on some big names. Well, and I think, um, you know, he kind of veered off and started working with, with more, like, hip-hop artists and... Yeah. Um, gosh, I can't think of the name of that uh, that album. The one with the, f- the flag on it that I just Is that loved. Declaration of Independence? Maybe or faith, three words. Faith. I nah. want to say faith, hope, and love, but that's not it. Nah, it the the one where he did the song with Nappy Roots, and he I did love the song, that song with uh, Danny from Rehab. Yeah, that's like my the favorite. Nappy Roots one is waste some time. Yeah, and I love that song. Yeah, that's one of my favorites. The, of his. the one with Danny Boone is like my favorite Colt yeah. Ford song ever. Yeah, um, that album is great. Yeah, the first album, Ride Through the Country. That's I love that album too. John Michael Montgomery was on that one. Yeah. Yeah, uh, chicken and biscuits. He had Eric Church on there. Yeah, he's had Jason Aldean, Jake Owen, Brad Paisley. I mean, yeah, the list is long. Of so Tim if, McGraw. Yeah, I mean, if you're if you're skeptical about like Craig Morgan, like uh, the the concept of country and and rap working, like check out the first few Colt Ford albums and 
There, yep. there might be some stuff in there that you might appreciate. There you go. Uh, anyway, circling back, cultural impact, I guess. Um, Statistically, you got 27 million views on the music video. Um, you got just over platinum sales, so it sold about double of I Want to Talk About Me. Um, it graduated him, in my opinion, from regional to national recognition. Oh, yeah. This he this is the song that made him an, uh, a known quantity now the ep that came before the halfway to heaven album does not sound like this um it sounds soft and sensitive he doesn't growl at all it's like it's it's like a nice guy like a nice more like uh you don't know her like i do yeah but softer even and it's not it's not very good you're like wait is this the same guy it's like he's like let me try on this character interesting uh, yeah um so this solidified, in my opinion, that harder sound. Maybe with the success of writing My Kind of Party for, for Jason Aldean, you know, it was like, I'm going to play up that character. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and then the whole hip-hop thing. Black hat, tattoos, earrings, that whole thing. Yeah. And so did it inspire, did it, did, did it, did this sound inspire other people to do anything like it? Did it move the needle of country music? I don't know. It might have inspired Jason Aldean to keep writing some of these hard rock anthems that maybe he wouldn't have otherwise. I don't know. Maybe. I, I maybe. feel like they're, you know, that particular aspect of of Jason Aldean's music, like that Aldean stuff and Brantley Gilbert are completely interchangeable. Yeah. Like, like they're, the they're current the same guy. The current arena anthem for Jason Aldean is We Back, which is really similar to Fired Up. Like they could be the same song. I, I probably have heard them both one time. Fart up. Fart. <laughs> Fart up. I, <laughs> um, I go four out of ten on this one's cultural impact. Okay. Because of the potential influence on Aldine. Okay, but I, I, I just feel like Aldine was already doing this. Okay. Like, Is there anybody else that does this sort of hard arena rock country? Oh, like this man um i can't think of anybody there's not really anything coming to my mind yeah uh, he's like he, he's a lone wolf Brantley gilbert is that, that was one of like even just just like the the tempo and edge that this like kind of looking back through what came after this um in terms of cultural impact and did anybody copy him and, and that type of thing. Like you have to go another eight weeks before you find a song on the chart that, that you could even almost kind of put in a similar category and it was drinking my hand. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. But I mean, and almost kinda. Yeah. Almost kinda. Which I love that song too. But everything else was, was more, you know, middle of the road, what you're accustomed to. Um, so, I mean, <laughs> the, the biggest thing, uh, impact wise is that it, it, a, it made Brantley Gilbert a star to a, an extent yep. for a while. Um, and it, it also had, I think, um, like it helped Jason Aldean continue doing what he was already doing. Okay. Um, maybe he would have backed off a little bit from some of that and done some more of like the first three albums type stuff, if not for 
you know, getting a little bit of uh, momentum off of Brantley Gilbert to continue in that path. Mm-hmm. Um, so being that it didn't really spill out into anybody else and that it's still just kind of like the two of them doing the same thing. And, and he's I, only had two number ones and one of them doesn't sound like this at all. Uh, he's got plenty yeah. of other songs that sound like this, but three, you well, know. two other number ones. He's had three total. Oh, has he? Yeah. Something other than bottoms up. Yeah. Uh, you don't know her like I do. Oh, that was a number one. Yeah. Oh, yep. okay. I didn't realize that. Um, so really and truly, like this. So this, all three of his number ones sound all very different. Yeah, I was I was gonna say, being that they were on the same album, and that was the single that came after this song. It's uh-huh. like it's like the the sound of this song didn't even influence the next single. No, nope. really. So, yeah, well, that's right. So uh, be that as it may, uh, I guess for impact. I give it like a two. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Now, if you haven't listened to his current album, Fire and Brimstone, that came out like the end of 2019, it's so good. The the I feel like the whole album is centered around a spiritual struggle of good and evil. You know, kind of the the angel on one shoulder and the devil on the other. Yeah, is that the album that the Hayesville song is on? Yeah. That that song's an outlier. The rest of the, well, and, and Fire Tup is on there too. Um, it's really good. There's some good jams on there. All right, so I gave it uh, six, eight, and four for an 18 out of 30. We're close. All right. You're a little higher, but uh, I got seven, six, and two for a total score of 15. There you go. So for me, uh, defeating, I want to talk about me uh, by a score of 18 to 30 is Country Must Be Countrywide. For you, it's... 15 to 6. 15 to 6. So you definitely think this song is much better, twice as good as the other one. You may not yeah. love it or even enjoy it, but objectively it's twice as good, more than twice as good as I want to talk about twi- me. Twice as good, remainder of three. Right. Yeah, <laughs> there you have it. Well, let's uh, let's uh, let's chat with somebody who um, doesn't know either of these songs and doesn't listen to country music. That's going to chime in. I'm sorry, and give an opinion. I'm sorry, guest, for what's about to happen to yeah. you. And uh, and we'll circle back around here uh, in just a sec and wrap this thing up. Alrighty, Country Smackdown podcast listeners, I am actually back with a good buddy of mine, one of the pastors at my church, Mr. Jason Haig. How are you today, sir? I am really great because I am on the Country Smackdown podcast. Again? Yes. And, you know, listeners, you might be wondering, why are you repeating a guest? You know, they've gotten accustomed to having a different guest every episode, but for some reason, when I was listening to these songs, I just wanted to have you back on the podcast. I am honored. I appreciate that. A couple of the other episodes, I had really specific people that I had in mind yes. that I would want to interview that I think would really add value to that episode. Right. And you, my friend, are the value adder to yes. this episode of these in particular songs. So I've always wanted to be a value adder. There you go. And now you are, finally. Um, for Just as a reminder, I always like to ask people, what you li- since you don't listen to country music, what do you listen to? Um, I like, you know, I listen to a lot of indie folk. Mm-hmm. Um, that's probably my favorite. I, I actually lately I've been going back into my, my roots in uh, 90s rock. Oh, yeah. With uh, fun. I, obviously U2, uh, Counting Crows is one yeah. of my favorites, 10,000 Maniacs, uh-huh. a lot of that stuff. Yeah. Great stuff. 
good stuff yep. for, for listeners to check out. Well, on this episode, we went back to 2011 and to 2001. But the reason I wanted you on here, especially based on the other episode that you were on earlier in the series, is this episode has two songs that you just don't really know what to make of. Right. Yeah. Like, like how do you take these songs? Are these country songs? Are these yeah. blending other genre songs? And, and, you know, what do we make of them? So yeah. I'm going to uh, to pull them up, and I would love to have... Just some thoughts and feedback, you know, tell us what you're hearing, what you, you know, instrumentation, right. vocals, things like that. We're going to start with the older song. Okay. I want to talk about Me yes. by Toby Keith. Yes. Had you heard of Toby Keith? Oh, yeah, of course. Okay. Now, I, I am curious, though. Did you have me, when you were thinking about these songs, you thought about me. Is this because I am, like, really wanting to talk about myself all the time? Is that sort of, was, was that the no. trigger there? Yeah. No, I, I thought you might ask that. The reason I thought of you, because I thought you would genuinely hate both of these songs <laughs> based on what I know about you and your tastes and preferences. Okay, we'll find out. Um, Yeah, we'll find out. That's my guess. Okay. I have no idea how you're going to respond, Alrighty. but I think you're going to genuinely hate both of these. Okay. This is uh, 2001, I Want to Talk About Me by Toby Keith. Yeah. Get some electric guitar. Yeah, it's not bad. Yeah. Some organs going there. Right. Yeah. Now, what about this? We talk about your work, how your boss is a jerk. We talk about your church and your head when it hurts. What do you hear? I hear like a Bud Light commercial. <laughs> what do you mean by that? I mean, you know, it's like peppy. It's like super fun. You know, I mean, he's almost rapping. He's not quite, but, you know, he's... Uh, He's hamming it up. It probably didn't help that I watched the video. It's so good. I love the video. <laughs> yeah. And his wife is like trying all the dresses and she just wants to talk about herself all the time. And Yeah. 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 All those things. Yeah. I, had you heard of Toby Keith? Sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. I've He's heard a name of you're familiar with. Oh, absolutely. Could you yeah. list... Or name any other Toby Keith song. Not a single one, okay, but I'm fine. sure I would recognize probably songs. Yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah. It's the same with pop. Yeah, I mean, I, I this is like um, honestly, this, this is like the poppiest sort of country to me. Of like just stuff like you know, you got three chords, you're just gonna bop yep. up and down with it and yep. just be silly. And in 2001, this was definitely that. Yeah, very poppy. Yeah, right. and in the sound of 2001. Sure. What do you think of his vocals? <laughs> I mean, obviously he's talented. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, there's no question about it. There's no question that he's talented. Um, but, you know, I don't know. The hamming it up, it's it's not my thing. No, But I mean, you already know this because I said on the first one that I'm not a country fan. Exactly. So you That's why you're this. here. Yeah. Like, you know, the little, the extra unnecessary twang. Honestly, I feel like you could give this song to Hootie and the Blowfish in the 90s. Oh, my gosh, yeah. And uh, and all it would be is a different vocal pad. There would be no no accent, no twang. Yeah. And people like, oh, yeah, I love Darius Rucker singing that song. Wow. I would have now. I wouldn't have thought of that myself, but now that you say that, I totally hear it. Yeah. Yeah. And you know that Darius Rucker went country. Yes, I yeah. do. Yeah, yes. and he's had a great career in country music. Yeah. He's got a great voice for country. He anyway, does. yeah, that's, what, that's my take on that one. So there you go. That is, I want to talk about me from 2001, Toby Keith, smash hit at the time. It was big. Right. 
um, not long after the 9-11. In fact, we, we deduced, Andrew and I, as we were talking about it, that uh, this is, you know, right around the time that things kind of started to take a, a more lighter tone after 9-11. This was the first post-9-11 number one hit that wasn't really serious. Right. Yeah. So it was kind of cool. Long, how long after? Like Just months? a couple months. Yeah. yeah. This was December 2001. Yeah. yeah. I suppose we all needed, like, a little levity yep. at the time. And it provided that. Yeah. 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 So... You know how we always do. On a scale of zero, you hate it, to ten, you love it. What do you give this one? I certainly don't love it. So it's going to be, I'll give it a three. On what grounds? I don't know. Maybe it's a little bit. I'll give it, a, I'll go up to a four. Wow. I'll give it a four. All right. Um, I, I, you know, it, it's just It's just not my thing. It's. You got to, there should be something more to it. Okay. I mean, you know. I guess you you hear the three chord thing, which is probably part of it that reminds me of Hootie and the Blowfish. Yeah, because they were all you know you, everyone wanted to play those songs when you're growing up in high school because you only have to know three or four chords. <laughs> yep. So you could play through the entire album of, you know, cracked rear view. This is a, so it feels a little bit that way about you know to to me of a very predictable, just sort of up and down, up and down, and uh, and, and it, you know it feels a little whiny. You know, sure. I want to I want to talk about me. Come on. I mean, on the other hand. Maybe it's good and healthy. He's just telling his his wife or girlfriend here, hey, he's being honest. He's bearing his heart. It's time to, I want to talk about me. There you, you go. You know, it's not fair, but I still think it's a little whiny. There you go. Here's here's the same question uh, that we were kind of talking about as well. Is you're a father of five, and you've been married for, what, 20-some years? Uh, almost 21. Almost 21. Do you ever Do you ever echo his sentiment in your real life? I don't think so. Um, no, I don't okay. think so. I, awesome. I, I, yeah, I, I guess I don't have. Um, like my wife's not like a, a huge talker. Maybe she feels nah. that. Maybe she would sing the song to me. Maybe she would. Yeah. <laughs> maybe she's like Jason. You're talking talk, all the time. I want to talk about me. I want to talk about me. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe so. I'll be darn. Well, there you have it. So a four okay. out yeah. of ten for that one. Yep. Now we're gonna uh, forward ten years yeah. to 2011. To a song that really influenced country music uh, for this decade by incorporating some really hard rock elements. Right. Yeah. Cranked up electric guitars, heavy distortion, you know, loud drums, gritty vocal. Um, did you watch this video as well? I did. Yeah. And it is distinctly different, you know, very yes. noticeably different. Yes. Yeah. Well, let's get into it. This is uh, Country Must Be Countrywide by an artist called Brantley Gilbert. Let's see what you think. It's already just kind of a bit dark. Yeah. The opposite of the last one that was really happy. You better crank your sound up. <laughs> Probably different than the stuff that played when you lived in Texas. I mean, it, it's got a lot in common with some of the uh, 90s grunge to me. Like, yeah, that's the first thing I was thinking. It's like, man, you could, I could hear this from 20 years earlier, maybe, of being influenced a little bit by some of the Seattle scene. Interesting. Look at you just bringing great insights I wouldn't have thought of. Okay, so I love that part right there. Yeah, that hits my soul in a special yeah, way. Yeah, no, that's a great riff. It yeah. cranks. So, if I want to talk about me, it was a Bud Light. What is this? Oh gosh, what is this? <laughs> Shot I of mean, Jack. 
I, I would say at least a Guinness. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's little definitely bit. more serious. Yeah. It's it's way more dynamic. Okay. Yeah. Not as one note through the whole right. way. Right. Yep. Yeah. I mean, this has screaming guitar solos yeah. and yeah. The last one had yodeling though. <laughs> this has growling. <laughs> that had yodeling. Yeah. I mean, for all, for all I know, Toby Keith could be a, a far better musician and all of that than these guys. I don't know. Oh, yeah. But I, I, I would say this particular song, I would far prefer to the other one. Okay. And why is that? I may, Maybe it's because it reminds me. I, I, I'll, I'll see, all of this I'm relating to 90s rock. Maybe it's, it's because it reminds me a little bit of like... Um, I mean, it's not not a direct parallel at all, but almost like an Alice in Chains or, uh-huh. or you know. I was thinking like a Three Doors Down or something. Yeah, yeah, probably something a little bit lighter, like Three Doors Down. So that's, yeah. a, that's a good call. Yeah. But I, the, the the heavier distortion and the darker feel mm-hmm. um, feels very much from that era. Yeah. Do you consider this to be country music? Man, I don't know what you call country. I mean, once again, I feel like, I think I might have said this point to you before, but I think there's so many country songs that if the if the guy sang without an accent, you wouldn't be able to call it country. Okay. There's just And so you're saying for these two, that could be the case for both of these. Potentially. Yeah. You could put Darius Rucker and Lane Staley singing these songs and Yeah. I love this part. So my co host Andrew, who's not sitting here while we record this, listeners, he does not like it. Like he doesn't like any of this. He doesn't like the growling and the you know, crank us up and all that. Right. I love it. It hits it, my soul in a special way. So what is it that he, that you see that he doesn't in this? Uh, well, he thinks it's cheeky and gimmicky and, you know, kind of phony, you know. Okay, that, that I, so I, this is not my sandbox here. Right. But I think of the Co- Toby Keith song and I think phony. Same. Like, same, okay. Yeah, they both are. Yeah, so he, did, both like he hates both of these, these songs. Of, okay. I, well, what do you think? Do you think I like these? I think you like this one, obviously. At yeah. least you like those parts. Yeah. Those I said riffs. That. Would you have, if I asked you before we started the interview, do you think I like or don't like these? What would you have said? I would have said I think you like probably both of them. I love both of them. <laughs> I do. I love them both. <laughs> well, you've already let your cat out of the bag right, that right. you like this one yes. better. Yeah. Um, but you gave Toby Keith a generous four right. out of ten, even though you didn't appreciate the one noteness of it. Right. Um, so this one's gonna be higher than four, but what do you give it? Okay. I, I I wouldn't like push this like super high. <laughs> Four point two. I, I mean, remember that I'm from the South. Yeah. And uh, I, you know, my my critique the last time I was here, one of the songs is it was just like describing everything you see in the South. So it's just like a whole bunch of like descriptions. Yes. You know, and th- this one to talk so much about country in a country song, it th- I can understand why he would think is gimmicky because yep. it's like. You know, country song, country brisket, you know, I mean, just like yep. everything to, to use the word to reinforce, just like to tell everybody, hey, remember that maybe that's why they did it, because it felt like a rock song. And he's like, no, 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 country. Oh, yeah. We've got to keep reminding everyone. Yeah, <laughs> I would give it um, I'm going to give it a six. Wow. All right. I'm going to go good. just above the, the yeah. five. Yeah. Yeah. Do you like the edgier, grittier rock sound better than the? poppy country sound of the other song in this case i i do like if you would 
I mean, yeah, I, I wouldn't say across the board. Right. I wouldn't necessarily like that. Like if you, you know, there's there's been some different, like Alison Krauss or something. You know, you'd pull out something just because I love her voice. Uh-huh. I don't. I oh, just. Yeah. I think she's got the most brilliant voice ever. Um. So sometimes when I hear something she does, even if it's a little a little too much on the countryside for me, I still very much appreciate it. So it's not like I would definitely just want the grittier stuff. But in this case, I think I, you know, I just wasn't a huge fan of the. I want to talk about me. Very good. Very yeah. good. What do you think of the kind of bravado in this song? Is that do you, vocal vibrato? Yeah, well, you watch the video, so yeah. you get an idea of the character that is Brantley Gilbert and things. Um, I, I mean, it, it was like a rock, just a, a rock star. Just basically. like a rock star. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it was like exactly like that. So he gets I, a lot of flack for what you know some people consider drummed up, played up bravado and stuff like that. I mean, I can see that. Uh, maybe is does it does that happen less in the country world than that? I don't know. Because I mean, the, it really even the video it reminded me of any number of rock videos that yeah. would be you know in this really closed setting, like here in some random. It was a closed room. It was in a know. prison in Tennessee. Oh, was that what it was? A closed prison. Yeah. Oh wow. Which there have been so many music videos recorded in that prison. Yeah. Oh no, kidding. Yeah, it's a common thing. Yeah. So it didn't it didn't strike me as weird because I'm like, oh, it's just it's like a rock video. Just like another rock video. Yeah. Yeah. Did you notice he has uh, brass knuckles on his microphone? No, I didn't oh, yeah, notice yeah. that. That's people like just crucify him for it. I could see. Like it's so okay, dumb. all right. I could see why he would take. So, so now let me ask you: Does the country world resent this kind of thing because it's sort of departing from country? Some. This is sort of what you guys talk about. Yeah, right? it the is. Whole, like new school against old school. And some of. people do. And there's only a small, you know, subgenre that incorporates this type into the sound. So right. some some do, but not nearly as much as those that that dislike the drum machines and the digital electronic sounds right. that 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 group is much more pronounced that dislike that right not as much on this yeah yeah, yeah. interesting yeah. well sir there you have it friends uh six to three country must be country oh six to four, four. six yeah, to four I, I adopted countrywide by brantley gilbert we thank you for prov- providing that insight and coming to hang out with us again on the podcast and and it's uh, fun yeah dude yeah that's good there you have it listeners six four the guest unbiased opinions of Mr. Jason Haig. Thanks again for coming by. Thanks for having me. All righty. Always interesting having guests. We appreciate that. And again, if you're listening and you've got thoughts that you want to share, feel free to send us an email or jump on our Facebook page and let us know because we want to hear from you. As always, well, not as always, sometimes we have a third song in the actual SmackDown, but typically it's just an honorable mention. Uh, Going back to December of 1991 was the second single from Randy Travis's sixth album that was called High Lonesome. The song is called Forever Together. Had you, do you, did you remember this song? Did you know it? No, no. I mean, Randy Travis's catalog is so far reaching and long yeah. it's like hard to you know without without being that like handful of iconic randy travis songs this is not one of it's them it's like yeah I don't this know. uh it was co-written by him and alan jackson when they were on tour together it is not one of my favorites in fact you know for a long time i would remember hearing people call him blandy travis and this <laughs> song it that is like yes here check it out this is Forever Together. Who, who just put out a new album of spiritual-themed songs. Another one? Yeah. Huh. I took you for granted so many years. I gave you 
it doesn't pick up much more than this. <laughs> but, I mean, that voice, man. Oh, yeah. And, and I could just as quickly or easily hear Alan Jackson singing this, too. I think he sounds shaky in this chorus. Tell me if you hear it. It just doesn't... He sounds off. It's probably Alan Jackson's fault. Probably. Well, there you go. There's your honorable mention, folks. That is uh, Forever Together by Randy Travis, December 1991. I can't say I love that song. I mean, it's, no. it is the iconic Randy Travis sound. Sure. But, yeah, that one doesn't Which do Which probably me. means it's better than the other two songs we talked about. But. You bite your tongue. <laughs> I don't know. All right, folks, let's talk about the next episode. We talked about it in the last one that we put out that we're going to be talking about. But I want to talk about me. I want to talk about, and we're not going to, like, we try to be coy about what the upcoming episodes are to, you know, just pique your attention, get you tuned into the next one. We're going to talk about... We have to talk about Body Like a Back Road. As much as we don't want to, we've got to talk about it. But here's the thing. I didn't actually count, but I'm looking at the chart here, and there are, I mean... If you people uh, could see my body language right now. Yeah. Visualize it. I'm not stoked. Right. But we have to. We've got to talk about this. And so... um, we're looking at 2017. We're look pretty much all of the year of 2017 until, um, uh, well, Kane Brown takeover. <laughs> okay, so at least a dozen, if not more, songs that we could put up against "Body Like a Back Road." And I put this out on our Facebook page. It got zero responses, like most everything else we put out. Um, what do you guys want to hear us talk about? We have not decided. We were talking about good ideas with it. Um, but we don't know. Let me throw out some contenders just to see if we can find a good storyline. Maybe you listener have a, have a connection. It's like, oh, you should do this one because of that. So you've got, I'm, I'm going to skip over some that I don't want to talk about, but you've got online <laughs> from Brad Paisley, uh, take me there from Rascal Flats. Um, Kenny Chesney, never wanted nothing more. Andrew likes lost in this moment from big and rich lucky man from Montgomery Gentry. I really loved good song. Find out who your friends are by Tracy Lawrence. That's near the top of my list. Good Directions from Billy Currington. I always felt like like uh, Find Out Who Your Friends Are is kind of like a a ripoff of uh, The Road You Leave Behind by David Lee Murphy. Which I love that song, too. Yeah. Uh, Settling from Sugarland. I really like that song. And I don't know that song. Um, and then there's Beer in Mexico I Could Pass On, but then Ladies Love Country Boys by uh, Trace Atkins. There's... Probably a whole other eight more songs that I didn't list that were number ones in this time. But those are the ones that I think jump out as could be fun to talk about. I, I think we could narrow it down to like find out who your friends are, settle in, good directions. Lucky man. I, I think out of like like good directions and lucky man are are probably my favorites out of okay. uh, that, that particular group. Yeah. And even um, the honorable but, mention list is huge. I mean, there's just jam after jam after jam in 97. It was a great year. I mean, or we can, you know, 
do uh, Sam Hunt versus a song from the 90s and have the middle decade, as the we honorable sure mentioned. So we could. And if that's I mean, the case, listeners, you've the, got... The uh, options abound. You've got uh, Tim McGraw. You've got you know Kenny Chesney. She's got it all. George Strait, Carrying Your Love With Me. Tim McGraw, It's Your Love With Faith Hill. George Strait, One Night at a Time. No George Strait. We've, we've done, we've George done a lot of George Strait. you got some Clay Walker, Rumor Has It, which I love that song. Yeah, there's there's some good stuff. It's going to be a good episode. So we want to hear from you, listeners, of what, what you want us to do. And we'll try to keep digging for interesting storylines of what could take on the behemoth of a song from 2017 that was Body Like a Back Road by Sam Hunt. Should have stuck to the back road. Should've, yeah, should have. Anyway, well, Mr. Baker, thanks for coming on and uh, uh, chatting it up with me today. I most certainly appreciate it. And of course, listeners, we do want to engage. So it's uh, country smackdown at gmail.com or our Facebook page. How soon do you think they might possibly be able to engage with a Spotify or streaming service playlist? Uh, it's coming along. I mean, I'm, I'm into episode seven with uh, recording all of the, the songs so far. So there you go. And this is episode 10. So we're getting close. So we're, uh, you know. Chugging along. We're getting close. Maybe the next few weeks. We'll put it out on our Facebook page with links and stuff that you can get to it. And that's going to be fun. So be on the lookout for that. Otherwise, um, we'll be back here in just a couple weeks with something against Body Like a Back Road. And we'll let you know what it's going to be. <laughs> and then we've got a number of ideas that we're coming coming up with as well that are going to be fun. Some new surprises. We're going to try something we haven't done before, which I think you'll really enjoy. <laughs> I think it's going to be funny. Um, I'm and nervous. Interesting. Me too. Might be a total train wreck. Who knows? And we could just delete the episode. Nobody would ever know. (laughs) Anyway, we'll be back episode 11 here in just a couple weeks. Thanks so much for listening to the number one country Smackdown podcast. Smell you later.